Welcome to Spirit Behind the Screen. Each episode, your host, Marty McCurdy, deep dives on industry trends around high reliability electronics and the supply chain in aerospace and defense. This is episode 43 with Marty on the basics of an ASIC program from engineering to foundry, test, and storage. Hi, this is Spirit Behind the Screen producer, Alyssa Marquez, and I'm here with our host, Marty McCurdy. And today we want to talk about a service that we are rolling out at Spirit. Uh, It's something we've done, dabbled a little bit in here um, and that you have a background in, and that's ASICs, which are application-specific integrated circuits. And I know one of the things that we always hear when we introduce this idea, it seems to be a more complex concept for our customers out there, but it's really an impressive custom solution that lets them do quite a lot. So when you take an application-specific integrated circuit, the idea is you're taking multi-functions from multiple different chip tech designs and you're putting them all into one component. Can you really take everything and put it into one? That's, <laughs> that's where I want to start. Uh, yeah, it's a great question. So there's a couple different ways to think about ASICs, right? I'll give you one that is the most common in the language is the most common and probably where we play the most. And that is an, an FPGA to ASIC conversion, Okay. right? So that means that some of our big long lead times of 90 to 110 week lead times we could have an ASIC doing that same functionality that a microprocessor or an FPGA could do. And that's because the FPGAs are programmable and you know how you're using it. It's already a proven circuit. So this is basically a drop-in replacement with a fixed functionality instead of continually being able to be programmed. Yes. So it's, it's now locked down, right? And that's usually how they use the FPGA anyway. So that particular method when you look at when you ask you know can you put everything in there so if you look at some of the most sophisticated fpgas from the best fpga provider in the market which in my opinion is xilinx slash amd is that there's this millions when i say millions there's like it's almost unlimited combination of what you could do with these fpgas they're so impressively complex these days and the the technology nodes are really small so they get stuff as many transistors in there as they want so when you look at that that kind of complexity to convert that to an asic it isn't a walk in the park but it's absolutely doable so that really is one method that we can look at the other one is like a via configurable array so those types of asics can take if you have a a circuit card and let's say that there's uh you know a hundred different passives discretes and other kind of analog mixed signal digital products on there you can make one asic that kind of consumes about a hundred thousand gates so it's a lot of components and it, it might be overwhelming if somebody has that much going on on a board that they can do that in one chip. So yeah. there's the, the idea is that people will create a family of parts, right? So now you have, if you can imagine your, your own custom little array of, of components that you can pull from to build circuits that you need. So I think that's the two most common approaches that we've done before. Okay. Um, obviously, 
if somebody walks in with their design on a cocktail napkin, we can certainly run Mm -hmm. with that, right? But if we're talking about like from scratch, design obviously we can do and we're very heavy on the analog. But if we're talking about conversion, then we can certainly go that route. And so it sounds like one of the big keys then isn't that a customer is coming with a brand new design. They're coming with something that they know very specifically what they want the functionality to do. Maybe it's that they have multiple components and they've been producing this this board that has these multifunctions for so long that they know exactly what they can combine and improve and make more efficient. But we also have that option of we can take multiple different tech functions and put that into one and do start from scratch. I think the starting from scratch part of it might be a little bit overwhelming to think about. You know, they've got their program that's running, it's producing, you're manufacturing, you're Mm -hmm. assembling. So when we look to get started, the first thing that we're doing is having a design conversation with a customer in a program like that. To run an ASIC program, you have to know exactly what functions you want to include. And we can give feedback too on on the best way to optimize those combinations, what we can put in. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? How do we how do we get that tech and have that come together for them? Because I know that design process can also feel a little bit overwhelming and intimidating too. Yeah, it is overwhelming. Back in the day, it used to be if somebody said the word ASIC, right? They're talking a, a year and a million dollars. Those <laughs> those days are over. You know, we have obviously libraries of years of, of ASIC design through our, our absolute, you know, fabulous John Chang is our, our guru for designing. I think between Zeph and I and all of the customers we've had, we've, I think there's 44 ASICs currently still flying in space. So we have some history here and we have existing libraries that we can pull from uh, for functionality and things so that we don't have to start from scratch you know, especially in the analog world. So there's a lot of digital ASIC players out there and that's very straightforward. But when you're heavy on the analog side, which we are, um, that's where the challenge and the expertise comes in. So for us, um, we love that when a, a company comes in like one of the major primes and they have an idea that they would like to design, you know, let's say 10 ASICs to build out functionality across the board that they could have these products. So that's when it gets exciting for us Mm -hmm. that we can start from scratch. It is a little bit heavy lifting. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't come easy. There's uh, many, you know, critical design reviews that get us to the finished product. And then oftentimes there's a second spin of the silicon, which is quite common and things like that, just to kind of narrow down all of the timing and the characterization of the of the circuitry that you want. So that's all really still a, a very common process, but at that time also we're still much shorter in a time frame on delivery than it would be for these extended lead times that we're facing right now, right? I, I say yeah. to my team constantly, like, you can't plan anything at 110 <laughs> weeks, right? Like, no, I don't know where the world will be at 110 weeks. So we're just seeing more and more demand for these ASICs yes. and, and they're coming in in all different varieties, right? So it's pretty exciting for us. And then I think you and I talked about one of them that we have is a uh, like a package update, right? So right. boards getting updated, so they might as well update the package type of the component, even though the die remains the same. We're going from ceramic to organic, that kind of thing. So when this happens, uh, you know, when they're doing a respin of the board, this is a drop-in replacement, but still the 
just the characterization of the timing at test and things like that between the ceramic and the organic is key. And uh, so that is totally in our wheelhouse to, to manage all of that on the back end. And so then we take that in that initial design conversation and we make sure that we have that discussion ahead of time. We look at all the application, you know, end use parameters to make sure that we're getting that info from the customer and then we can really design that program. And we take it from the design all the way through manufacturing, through storage, and then into delivery. And there's quite a lot involved in that process. Mm -hmm. But one of the benefits to us being this you know, turnkey distributor with the distribution authorized components, the testing and assembly, we can do that full process. We can take that whole process and manage it. And I think you, you also started touching on some of the reasons why this is such a benefit to look at these programs right now. The long lead times, 52 weeks plus, even mm -hmm. if you're using a year plus, and if we can get something like this down to where they have qualified ASICs, within nine months that's still a huge improvement and that's with that upfront design investment as well yeah there's a lot of benefits yeah. <laughs> actually <laughs> i'll help you out there uh there's a lot of benefits so uh certainly as you know you know me well is that we put everything under our roof because yes. we like control of everything right so if we can control it a we can control our, our cost our spend uh our our touch when people are worried about how's everybody handling an esd protection and moisture sensitivity levels and all these things we know how we're doing it and we have uh, esd zero here and we fly through qual's uh customer audits every week um yep. just yesterday <laughs> you know so it really is a um it really is something how we operate here because we own it all. And I think that really is, is an unspoken value to the customers if they own their product, right? They own the wafers, they own the design, they own the tape out, they own the, the test, they own everything. We might be doing it for them, but basically it's their own Their rocket. own product. Yeah, it's their the own end. product. Yeah. So within that, when we go to design, so for example, design always comes back to the technology node that we're going to use and that determines which foundry we're going to use. So there's not that many analog foundries out there that we like and we have this, you know, great distribution channel with Texas Instruments and they've, you know, we've had been in discussions to be able to use their fabs and, and as you know, they're expanding their fabs in Utah and it's all in the news, yeah. right? Everybody knows the big spend going on there. And uh, so just having access to that kind of, of quality fab is great. Uh, there are other ones in the U.S. and then if you don't need U.S., we also have outside in Europe. We use some fabs in Australia as well. So it really it comes down to the the complexity of the device, what the functionality is, and then understanding which fab we're going to use so that we can use uh, whatever their design rules are in that particular fab. So we got all that under control. We can handle that then. Obviously, it comes down to the package type, so we can design that substrate. And as you and I have talked about yes. before, parts might be tough to find, but also substrates are incredibly tough to find these days, and that can be a year out. So we can design both in ceramic and organic. Ceramic, obviously, I believe is slightly easier, maybe a little bit more expensive right now, but also, too, if we're going to, to fly those or put those into space, we can manage that with radiation testing and things like that. So there's all kind of advantages on picking what type of package fits the application that you're using this ASIC in. 
And then obviously our, our core strength is on electrical tests. Yes. So even though some of our major primes have, they have great designs, they really get challenged on who will test it for them. So if you're not used to somebody walking in the door every day with a, a bill of materials from everything from FPGAs to DDR4s to ADCs and DACs, everything yeah. on there, and you can test it all, you're out of, you know, you get out of your element. Oh, right? yeah. So that really comes back to where our, our core wheelhouse comes in to tie all this together is truly our ability to test this thing after we've built it and also screen and quality, but the electrical portion of it is key for sure. And so that's really, we're making those decisions with the customer up front, and then everything you've just covered is exactly what we manage after that. And they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to touch it as much. They make those decisions in the design stage, and then we really take the program and we manage it from the foundry to the, the sourcing and the packaging, the substrate service providers that are involved in that, though we do a lot of the, the testing in-house. And then we take that and we can run the testing and we can tell you how to test the ASICs since that's, it's not just a off the shelf component. Right. We're testing something that has way more functionality and maybe much more central and critical to your end application too. And you want to make sure you're getting, you know, if you, if you've gone through that specialized production process, you have to verify that you've done that production accurately and that you're meeting all those performances. And I know you and Zeph love, could talk all day long <laughs> about <laughs> how important it is to know those like minute mm -hmm. testing um, and performance ranges on a, on a product. With the testing, you also have the ability to then bin and sort and Correct. draw out those reliabilities on your ASIC lot so that you can make sure you're putting that in well so that it performs perfectly. And then we also did just add the radiation test solutions and we mm -hmm. definitely have a lot of connections there. So we can really manage that through any service providers that a customer may already be working with. And then we can take that as much in-house as, as we can to make sure we're managing the whole program logistically. And then at the end, we also have our storage options. So long-term, you know, a customer isn't going to want to go into a design process and set up an ASIC without planning to have this be something long-term. They're not going to build one. They're not going to build a hundred. They're going to want to build quite a few over time. Mm -hmm. And we also talked too about updating updates to ASIC programs. So we're looking at any legacy applications or end of life product. If they have an off the shelf product that's going end of life, we can find a way to take that tech and incorporate it into an ASIC. So they keep that functionality long past the production on that. So if you want to talk a little bit about our wafer banking and the mm -hmm. storage and how we can manage that long term for a customer too. Yep, I will. I just want to say I feel like a proud parent right now. <laughs> you rolled all that out. You really don't need me for this interview. You did great. It really is. Uh, it's all that you said, right? So uh, when when we look at the the ASIC internally, right? A customer really once once they pass it over to us, we just tell them the delivery time, right? We're yeah. going to deliver these products at this time. And their hands are are done. They don't have to invest in it. They can always check. We might have a you know monthly review or whatever just for progress a milestone check. But yeah, all of that is a is a hands off. Uh, you know, we've got the reins kind of thing. And then uh, it is interesting. So uh, you know, a, a, to run a wafer lot, uh, either twelve or twenty four wafers, uh, if that is the consumption that they're thinking is over the life of the of the component, then we can run all of the wafers at one time 
We can store those here in our nitrogen chambers. We do that two, one of two ways. We put all of them into a nitrogen uh, vacuum sealed uh, bag that has a 20 year life, but then as yeah. a backup plan, just in case, uh, we have nitrogen storage lockers. So we then assign a locker per customer and that goes into a nitrogen storage. It gets checked on a daily basis. So there's a insurance policy that goes with all that inventory so that it's you know covered but uh, that is a a way forward right that they have you're right the legacy and eol parts these days are just continually coming up and yes uh, so that is a solution that you will always have wafers you don't have to invest in the entire finished goods out of the gate mm -hmm. we can do let's you know say the first one or two years or whatever you would like in quantities but then if you have a 10-year program we can store that so that then we don't have to go to the investment of assembling that uh, all at once. It kind of is a, a little bit of a, a break on the financial side of that for the customer. Sure. So to bring it all back then, this is big picture on our ASIC program. Mm -hmm. The real benefits here are in the ownership of that final the product. Ownership, so yeah. once we do deliver on that, that uh, solution is our customer's intellectual property, the That's IP correct. that we talk about. They own that solution. They can mm -hmm. keep running it. They can modify it here and there if they want to create that family of multifunctions that they can, that range of performance, or they have multiple systems that can mm -hmm. use some of that, that functionality overlap. And really then it also comes down to the timeline on the productions, the logistics, how easy it is to manage when you own every part of that right. production, instead of having to rely on multiple suppliers, multiple shippers, multiple providers that you're going around to. So what we really wanna to emphasize too, is not only do you own this, but it's also bringing that cost and that time back down. And in the current market, that's it's a key. pretty ideal yeah. solution. It so. is key, yes. Yeah. So schedule is, is definitely, you know, I'm in the middle of a refurbish of a massive Airbnb house. It's yes. driving me crazy. <laughs> so same thing, like if I owned every trade and I could have them at the house, that would have been done in months, not a year later, <laughs> right? So it's the uh, same thing under our roof here. We just want to own everything so we can control that narrative on, on what's next. Like, you know, yes. we're saying tomorrow we're testing, tomorrow we're testing. There's no you know, nobody's stepping in in front of us. Nobody's, there's no delays. There's, you know, no DX rating coming in and bumping that out of the way. You know, we, we're, we're our own yeah. entity here. So that's really helpful. And, and it is the cost really. When you, there is some upfront NRE obviously on the mm -hmm. design side. And at the end of the day though, if you look at the deliverables of a, a high-end part, let's say the part just, let's easy math for a, a Thursday afternoon. Let's say the parts, uh, <laughs> is $10,000 a piece. And over the course of, of 10 years, you're gonna use 100,000 of those. That's a big chunk of money. Yep. But if you get your ASIC roll in, even if you roll in and amortize your NRE, you probably within the first two to three years are going to save more money right then at the two or three year mark than you will at any time running any of the, the high-end products uh, off the shelf, if you will over a course of 10 years. So really it is at the end of the day, you own it, it's the ownership, it's the flexibility of owning it. And if you wanted to you know, update it or change something about it, we could do that pretty easy on another spin. And then obviously it's the cost and deliverables for sure. So if anyone's out there and they're listening and they're thinking, hey, I could probably you know, condense my board down mm -hmm. into something you know, multifunctional like that, or I have that 
that idea for that specific application. I want to start discussing like, what can we do to design this in? How do they get started with us? Oh, it's easy. <laughs> uh, we only have one phone number and yeah, yeah. somebody always answers that. I have some mandatory uh, issues. <laughs> Certainly you can contact us through our website, spiritelectronics.com, or just give our main office a call. We've got several people here that can have this conversation with you. It's not just you and I, obviously. Yeah. So for sure, we welcome that. I think there's an iCalendar now that you can yes. schedule an appointment. Yep. So that should be on our webpage as well. If you want to schedule an initial appointment call so we can talk it over, see if it's the right fit, or reach out to us through our quoting function on the page, um, just a few details, and we can get that conversation started. Great. So. That's great. Well, I know we have a couple more sessions of, of ASIC getting yes. a little bit more complex, so thank you for sharing uh, the intro with me. Yep. Thanks, Marty. All right. Thanks for listening with Spirit this week. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to let us know what you want to hear about in aerospace and defense. You can find out more about Spirit's value-added services and product lines at spiritelectronics.com.